Hello, everybody. Welcome back for another edition of Out of Bounds. As always, I'm your host, Spencer Brown. And joining me, we have Dalton Bishop. What's going on, Spencer? I'm doing well. And we have returning back is Christian Ernst. Christian, how's it going, man? I'm doing good. What is up, y'all? What's going on, homie? Not much. Just back here. Uh, last week, you know, I had a lot of Wi-Fi issues. Uh, so I couldn't sadly be on and join you guys for exciting sports commentary. But now I'm back and, you know, ready to talk some news. Yeah, it's been a while. It seems like it's been forever since we've been together, either in person or in a recording setting. So I'm just glad we can get back to hopefully a somewhat normal schedule. But first, we'll start with the NBA. It's it's fastly approaching the end of the season with the NBA. And uh, I don't believe they had clinched last time we talked, uh, Christian. But your Miami Heat have now clinched a playoff spot. So, Christian, uh, just your thoughts on what that means for the team going forward. Um, it's awesome. You know, I'm, obviously, I don't – you know, not a lot of people are talking about Miami as real NBA contenders. Everyone's still talking about – the Nets with Kevin Durant, Philadelphia, uh, the defending champion Milwaukee Bucks out in the East. Um, but Miami, I think we're still – we still have a good shot. Uh, you know, the day of recording this, uh, the day before, Monday the 21st, you know, my Miami Heat played the Philadelphia 76ers. And, of course, um, this was going to be a big showing. Were we going to be able to beat a top dog even without their best player? And uh, we said we didn't. You know, it was 106 to 113. Very close, even matchup. Uh, Jimmy played really well. So did Bam. So did Kyle. Kyle has been really hit and miss off the bench uh, as a starting guy. Uh, sometimes he puts up, you know, 20 like he did. Sometimes he only puts up like four. So it just depends. And Tyler Hero, not the best day, 5 of 15. But my goodness, man, like, Maxi is coming his own way, man. I mean,. You didn't. You didn't see. Um, you didn't see Harden, and you didn't see Joel Embiid, and Maxi kind of took the team on his shoulders. That's a good. That is a good player to have. You know, coming out of the University of Kentucky, uh, this is his second year in the NBA. Um, or is this his, no? This is his second. Yeah. Um, so he's been absolutely incredible for Philadelphia. You know, these last two years. So. You know, we, we lose in a tough game by seven points. It wasn't like it was a complete blowout. Uh, it does sting. But for, you know, clinching a playoff spot, you know, really started off hot, maintained good, you know, level of competition, you know, through and through this year. Uh, it'll be quite interesting to see who we play. Because, I mean, right now with the standings, you know, of course we're going to get to that. But just saying that we could play, you know, from anyone from – Atlanta, Charlotte, Brooklyn, or Toronto, who's in the current play-in right now. Um, Brooklyn would definitely scare the crap out of me. Um, hopefully, they can do a lot better and beat Toronto in the play-in. Uh, we have a better shot, possibly, because if we play Brooklyn in a series, I don't know if we win, honestly. But uh, we got yeah, – I think we got a good shot to make some noise. Uh, it'll just be tough. And also, you know, I don't know if, you, if y'all saw, but – one of there's a major rumor that Miami could go after Bradley Beal of Washington uh, during this offseason and possibly making a move, and that would be tremendous. I think we would lose Tyra Hero, which would sting. 
Uh, Lowry may be a part of that trade. Duncan would have to probably be gone because that contract Duncan as well. Um, he would he would definitely be one of those guys. I would say the main two guys that Miami would say, nope, you're not getting, Jimmy and Bam. And, pop, and maybe Tyler. Maybe Tyler is like the third guy. It's like, we need somebody off the bench. You can get Duncan, Kyle. You can take the entire deck on roster. You're not taking these three. That would just be in my opinion. Uh, but getting Beal in the offseason, if we sadly, which I predict we may, sadly uh, get booted uh, and not win the championship this year, Bradley Beal on Miami with Jimmy B, with Bam Bam, with Hero, ooh, that'd be that'd be a very scary team. So I would really love that. But right now, got a playoff spot for sure. No one's going to take that away from us. So heck yeah. Us and Phoenix, who's probably going to win the entire Dagum thing. Um, they're absolutely tremendous. So first two teams get a playoff spot, and we're the first in the East, so that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, on the flip side of things, Dalton, your Thunder have now been officially eliminated from playoff contention. You guys are now 10 games back in New Orleans with 10 games to go. And I guess New Orleans on the, all the tiebreakers because it is now mathematically impossible for the Thunder to make the playoffs, Dalton. So... You got 10 more games. You guys are currently on a 10-game losing streak. Do the Thunder win any more games this year? My answer is no. The Thunder do not win any more games this year. I was thinking that maybe they could win a game every month, at least one. But no, I think they're going to lose all of their games from here on out. And I got to say, I'm happy. So, whatever. It's okay. They'll just go in. Pick somebody at the top of the draft this year. Don't know who it's going to be. Hopefully it can be someone who can shoot. But if it can't, I might be mad then because we got too many people who are tall and can go down low, and we really need more shooters. Maybe so. you can get Jabari Smith. I know you're really big on Auburn, like you said last week. We'll get to that in the second half of the show, I know. But maybe Jabari Smith goes to the Thunder. We'll see, man. Just just need someone who can who can shoot the ball lights out. That's all. Yeah. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention my team, the Celtics. They've been red hot this month. They've only lost one game this month. Um, however, that one game was against Dallas. Spencer Dimway last second shot, and it was the day they retired Kevin Garnett's jersey number. They've won every other game this month except KG night, which a little frustrating to say the least. Uh, but yeah, Boston's neck and neck. They have a chance to possibly get to the two seed. Hell, even give Miami a, a run for this money for the one seed because it's only two games separates Milwaukee from the Heat. Two and a half is Philly and Boston. Philly just percentage points ahead because they played two fewer games, one back in the win column, one back in the loss column. Uh, it will all sort itself out. But if Philly can get two wins, that would be really beneficial so they can go up on Boston. Chicago, two and a half back of that mess. Cleveland just edging out Toronto right now. Avoiding the play-in spot, Toronto, Brooklyn, as it's going to be a storyline to watch. Is Kyrie cannot play in a Toronto, Brooklyn game because Canada and New York's uh, vaccine requirements. But Charlotte, if they were to fall, you know, if they were somehow to fall to ten, that'd be beneficial for for Brooklyn because Kyrie could play on the road in the nine game, uh, possibly. Yeah, that's. I mean, but again, you got Kevin Durant on your team in a one-game scenario. You got Kevin Durant. I like your chances, Brooklyn, but they've struggled a lot this year. Atlanta seems like they're going to hold off the Wizards for that last spot. And the Knicks, I mean, 
It's five and a half with about 10 or so games left, 10 11. It's definitely doable. It doesn't seem likely, though. Indiana's been eliminated now. Orlando's eliminated. Detroit's eliminated. Out west, you have Phoenix going to run away with the one seed. Memphis got a little bit of separation on Golden State for the two seed. Golden State and Utah, a couple set games separating there. Uh, it's going to be a race to the end. Denver and Minnesota battling for that 6-7 spot right now. If Minnesota can get into the top six, guarantee him a playoff spot. That's the franchise that's been. You had that one really weird year with Jimmy Butler in Minnesota. They made the playoffs. Haven't had much success since KG got traded away back in 08 or 07, excuse me. Uh, Clippers and Lakers. I know the Clippers haven't had their two best players, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Leonard all year. Paul George then got injured back early on the year. Uh, that team's a mess. Pelicans, news came out today that Zion will not play this year. So it's definitely going to – I mean, they haven't played with Zion all season, so it's not like it would have made – it would have made them better, but it's not going to hurt them because they haven't had him to begin with. San Antonio trying to do anything they can to make a possible run at that. Portland, another thing, Damian Lillard out for the season, so he's not going to come back. So can Portland make up a two and a half games over the remainder of the season? Remains to be seen. Same thing, Sacramento, but Sacramento's – they're on the verge of being eliminated from playoff contention. Um, Dalton, anything you're looking forward to the remainder of the regular season in the NBA? I'm looking forward to seeing which team finish off finishes off hot. I'm looking forward to see um, which team cools off a little bit uh, and how the playoff uh, positioning um, really solidifies itself as we head into the postseason. First anything you're looking forward to, your Heat have already clinched a spot, but the one seat obviously is still up for grabs. I know you like to see that. So anything you're looking forward to the remainder of the season? I mean, obviously I would love to have the one seed. Um I would think it'd be more than likely we get a home, you know, we get a top four. So we'll definitely have uh, I think a first round home. Um I definitely see that for Miami. Um, also, Chicago and Cleveland, you know, we haven't really talked about them as much. Um, they, like, they started off really hot, you know, definitely top three team in the very beginning. But right now, the, you know, Chicago and Cleveland are five and six, respectively. Um, they're right in on the playoffs. So, you know, the playing, excuse me. I mean, Chicago to Toronto's two games. Cleveland and Toronto's only one. So, it's very, it's very close right now. Um they start off really hot, and due to injuries, uh, Garland was hurt, hasn't been the same. Uh, Zach Levine and Lonzo Ball being out is not helping. So it, it's kind of shocking that, yes, these two teams have definitely, uh, you know, have definitely achieved expectations and even more, but they have exceeded. That's the word I was looking for, exceeded expectations. Um but, you know, it'll be very interesting to see if they can maintain just being a five and six or someone is going to get passed by Toronto and or uh, Brooklyn for the, uh, you know, solidified spot in the playoffs. So that'll be interesting. And also, like I said, hope Miami can get the uh, one seed. Yeah, I'm just looking a little bit ahead. Cavs Raptors play Thursday. It's not on national TV. Um at least I don't see it. Not an indication on ESPN's website. But Cavs Raptors on Thursday is definitely a game to watch out for, with standings implications on it. Um, next week we will be 
a bit closer to the start of baseball season. So I think next week we're going to recap uh, in MLB free agency, maybe a few trades. We'll go much more in depth with that next week. Uh, but we, we didn't. We took last week off from NFL news and notes. There was a lot to discuss. So some of the stuff it's a bit dated. Like it happened like over a week ago that we could discuss last week. But again, Christian had technology issues. We had some scheduling conflicts that. Um, we were only able to do like a very short you know, like term episode. So if you missed that, you can go back and see how wrong Dawn and I predictions were. But anyway, NFL, before we dive into the trades and free agency, a move that had been heavily rumored to possibly happen. Um, there was speculation of that this was going to happen and he, this guy would be traded to San Francisco or another team. However, he's announced that he's going to come back to play the team for the team he played last year. No, it is not Big Ben. Big Ben is staying retired. But Tom Brady is coming out of retirement to go back to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brady has one year left under contract with the Buccaneers. Uh, he signed an extension last year um, to stay there in Tampa. It, again, there's nothing left to prove. But his comeback tweet, he says, unfinished business. It's like, you guys lost in the divisional round when you did everything you could. There's get the ball back and that's how the game goes sometimes but you have already won a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers but Brady that drive again he he has not had any time to himself and his family over the last 20 something years so I guess yeah he retired took some time off reevaluated his life and he says hey I'm gonna go play at least one more season of football we'll again we'll probably visit this again next year on if he's gonna stay and retire but as a Tom Brady fan, I'm going to love seeing him one more year. Kind of sucked that it's not with New England, but it, we've already established my views on that. I'm just glad we get to see one more year, and hopefully um, if this is his final year, he goes out on top like John Elway and Peyton Manning did. Let's go Christian next. Your thoughts on Tom Brady announcing his return to the NFL? Um, My gosh. So he saw just the amount of chaos – that the NFC has had because all of the stars, you know, or quote unquote stars in some people's eyes, just left the NFC and went to the AFC. And we'll talk about AFC moves and everything, but like Tom Brady has now, in my opinion, a very easy division. Uh, we'll talk about some like specific moves, but. Atlanta's quarterback situation is in just trenches. Um, you know, besides, they did make a signing, but like, come on now. Um, Carolina don't know what they're doing. New Orleans re-signed Jameis Winston. Um, Tom Brady's kind of looking at this like, besides the New Orleans Saints defense, I'm pretty sure I got four easy wins. Um, like that's just how this division is, and. In terms of quarterback, like we're just saying quarterback against everybody. He's had Aaron Rodgers, who's floppy in the playoffs. Uh, Kirk Cousins, that's all I can say about there. Um, who else is like a top quarterback? Matthew Stafford, like, yes, the Rams are still the, probably the best team. Um, Aaron Rodgers is a top quarterback, but the receiving core is definitely – Definitely in shambles. Take a step back. We'll, we'll get back to why. We'll talk about my favorite team in a little bit, but my gosh. Uh, but I'm just saying, like, quarterback-wise and what we've seen in the playoffs, right? 
Aaron Rodgers, besides 2010-2011 season, just knocked that out real quick. He hasn't been to a Super Bowl and has just been blown out in NFC uh, title matches or had a you know sustainable lead at Atlanta and or not Atlanta, Seattle, and that just crumbled on itself because it was no doubt, right? Uh, we have this in the bag, no doubt. That's a shot at uh, a former uh, host of ours. But, you know, we have, like, Aaron Rodgers is just, he hasn't come to play. Like, obviously, San Francisco this past year just wasn't great. Um, but back to Tom Brady, man, I mean, he's got a winnable conference now. Like, besides the Rams, whatever the Packers do, Minnesota just got better. I mean, I, I'm I'm looking at this conference thinking, who's going to stop Tom Brady? Like, the NFC East, in terms of quarterbacks, is at the best B plus, and that's Dak Prescott. NFC South is the only true competition is Seamus Winston, who's the former quarterback of the Bucks before Brady. I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins are fine, but, I mean, we haven't really seen Kirk and, you know, good playoff success. Aaron has been very loppy. Let's see what the receiving core does uh, this year, including defensive line. That's in shambles now as well. I mean, Tom Brady's really looking at, okay, it's the Rams, us, and everybody else. So, and he's going to have more motivation because they could have beaten the Rams in the divisional round. They were very close to beating uh, the LA Rams. So, it's, it's right there. It's plausible that Tom Brady and the Buccaneers may go to another Super Bowl. We still have, you know, a little bit more free agency to go. We still have the draft. We still have camps and everything. What happens in preseason? Are there trades? Are there injuries? You know, the offensive line got a little bit worse with Ali Marpet uh, retiring and with, um, I believe it was uh, Kappa, Alex Kappa, went to the Cincinnati Bengals. So two of better offensive linemen left. They did get, um, I forget his name, but a former New England Patriot offensive lineman. Oh, Shaq Mason. That was Shaq a trade. Mason, uh, went, you know, he was traded. Was he traded or signed? He was traded for like a fifth round pick. Ah. It, was a, it was a salary cap dump. Yeah. But so he was, so they lose to game one uh, offensive guard. So really just trying to fill in that other guard spot. Obviously, the draft could definitely fill that. This offensive line class is very good, especially with interior offensive line. So I wouldn't uh, be shocked if an offensive guard or center who could possibly move over to guard is the draft pick for Tampa Bay. But it'll definitely be interesting. But Tom Brady's back, of course, on Selection Sunday, which, of course, what is going? What's going to be the topic Monday morning? Is it going to be Selection Sunday or is it going to be Tom Brady? And it was Tom Brady. And also, I feel bad for his kids, man. I mean, he, they had their dad for two months, and the, the dad's like, "Nah, I'm good." And yeah, all the memes they got overused immediately. Uh- Brady had to go to the carpool line one time, and he's back in the NFL. Yeah, but he's just like, yeah, no, <laughs> I'm not doing that. Uh, or, like, he was recognized. And he was like, I'd rather get destroyed by guys like Cameron Jordan. I'd rather get destroyed by uh, 
Kudrow, the defensive tackle for uh, uh, Carolina. I'd rather get destroyed by the best of the best defensive linemen instead of hanging out with my kids in a carpool lane. So that that's just where that's the priorities. I'm sorry, kids, but your dad doesn't really want to spend time with you if he wants to. If he retires, spends to spend time with you, and then he's like, "No, I'd rather get destroyed." So, yeah. Dolan, your thoughts on Tom Brady coming back and knowing that the LA Rams will not be Tom Brady's final opponent. Well, maybe they will be, but at least right now, that is not his final game. Whew. That's a sigh of relief. Um, Did you see Jalen Ramsey's tweet he had when he came yeah, back? Yeah, he was so happy. He was so happy. He's like, somebody else can be the last touchdown from Tom Brady. Um, no, I, I think it's cool i mean uh i i I was i was thinking you know maybe maybe he's tired maybe he's done maybe he's maybe he's you know just retired for good nope he just wants to come back and wants to continue playing that's perfectly okay i mean i'm i'm fine with it i got no problem playing him once a year whatever twice a year if you include the playoffs yeah. Um, I think it's fun. I mean, I I love, despite you know what he's done to my team in the past. I think he's a competitive player. I think he's a great player, and uh, I've grown to appreciate him more over the years. And um, I'm happy to happy to see him back. And uh, despite all the turnover that the NFC has had. Um and all the good players going over to the AFC. I think that, you know, Tom Brady coming back um could, you know, make it not as concrete uh for who would come out of the NFC uh for next year's uh season. And obviously we have to we have to include the draft and the rest of free agency and stuff like that. So obviously the contenders we don't have we don't have um, a good idea just yet, but uh, I'm sure the Bucks are happy. You know they lost a few pieces, gained a few pieces, uh, but I think they're happy that they got their guy back uh, at number twelve. Yeah. On to um, some trades now. These trades again have happened over the last few weeks, so just bear with us. We haven't had a chance to be on the microphone giving our thoughts on these trades. I just picked a few notable trades that have taken place. Uh, one of them actually happened yesterday. So, just a little bit there. So, the first one I want to talk about, this seems like it was forever ago this happened, is the Cleveland Browns trade, not the blockbuster one that we will get to momentarily, but the trade for Amari Cooper. Uh, Dallas got a 2022 fifth-round pick, 2022 sixth-round pick. Cleveland gets Amari Cooper and a 2022 six-round pick, so a pick swap. And then basically the Cowboys or the Browns with their fifth-round pick have selected Amari Cooper. Again, you can look at the compensation of the draft and say, hey, they kind of got fleeced here. But the fact of the matter is when your quarterback is set to make $20 million, the market is not there for him. And I guess it freed up cash space for Dallas – who desperately needed some to, um, you know, give to some free agents, including some of their own. Uh, it, it it was something that, at the time it happened, you thought, hey, Baker Mayfield, 
and Amari Cooper could be a very good duo. Jarvis Landry going to be getting released because of them taking on it. To my knowledge right now, Jesus is not signed anywhere, unless I just completely missed it. No, he's not. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. But yeah, Cowboys getting a couple picks. It, it's what you could have gotten because they, you know, they said, "Hey, we're going to release Amari Cooper to free up some cash space." You got some compensation in return, and again, we'll see how Dallas does in the draft. Maybe those picks will be traded away again, so you just keep accumulating more picks, or you use it to move up to get a better player. But for Cleveland to get a receiver like Amari Cooper in a division that is very tough. Um, it, again, you got the defending champion. You got defending AFC champ, the Cincinnati Bengals. You expect the the Ravens to be better with Lamar coming back, and then Pittsburgh. You don't know one way or another how good they're going to be, but their defense is usually very good. So getting a receiver like Cooper to pair with the quarterback play they're going to have in Cleveland is beneficial to say the least. Let's go, Dahl. Next, your thoughts on the Amari Cooper to Cleveland trade? Ooh. I like it. I think it's good for Cleveland, especially after they, you know, lose their guys and the outside. I think Donovan Peoples-Jones is a pretty good wide receiver. Uh, now you get a true number one with Amari Cooper. And, um, um, yeah, I think Cleveland, Cleveland already had a good roster before then on defense and, you know, along the offensive line. Uh, getting those getting those wide receivers on the outside was something that I felt like it was a was it was a need going into free agency. I feel like they addressed it. And I feel like they can address it even more going into the draft. Um, and they feel like then they feel like they're in win now mode for sure. Yeah, Tristan, your thoughts on the Browns going out and acquiring Mari Cooper? Um, yeah, it was a big, it was a big deal. Um, obviously that was one of the biggest needs of Cleveland. A lot of a lot of the Cleveland Browns fans and the media were saying, yep, they need enough. They need a wide receiver because yes, Jarvis is very good. We saw in Miami, he wasn't the greatest number one. And also, you know, he is getting up there in age. You know, he'll be in his thirties soon. So he had to go someone younger or try and get uh, an actual number one weapon. Amari Cooper is a number one guy. Uh, I would say he's probably their real number one above uh, CD and um, uh, I forget the name on top of my head. Uh, they had three receivers. I'm Gallup? Know. Who? Michael Gallup. Gallup, yep. Uh, I would say Amari was the number one, and obviously – Amari didn't get a lot of the catches he wanted and, you know, obviously he didn't get the amount of yards that he wanted uh, to get incentives and all this stuff. So, of course, he was frustrated with Dallas. Dallas, of course, paying Dak Prescott a lot of money, and they, you know, they have two really good wide receivers with Gallup and CD, so they don't really need to have a third. And obviously that hasn't gone their way um, in the playoffs, so they need to do something different. So, Amari to the Browns, it's cool. Um, we're going to talk about who's going to throw to him soon. But, um, yeah, for them, it's going to be great. Uh, it'd be nice to get Jarvis Landry back in the room. Uh, so, that would be a really good, you know, duo for, you know, the quarterback to throw to. So, it'd be it'd be really, really nice uh, 
uh, kind of, you know, offensive weapons for Cleveland. And it did see somewhere, and I believe it's very true, if they don't win with Amari, possibly, you know, either Jarvis or a first-round pick at receiver, or – oh, actually, that pick went to Houston, I think. Um, I just spoiled it. And uh, if they don't win with this kind of unit, then uh, they will never win. And I think that's very true. I mean, there's also reports that OBJ could be going back to Cleveland. Um, rumors on that front would be something. Uh, Christian, I'll throw to you for the next trade because it involves your favorite team. So I don't know if you want to share the details and we can discuss on that. No, you go ahead. You start an elf. Okay, so the details of the trade, because I right in front of me, the Packers have agreed to trade right receiver Devontae Adams for a 2022 first-round pick, 2022 second-round pick. Uh, my thoughts is just two picks. I mean, I guess he's an older receiver. Um, you know, you didn't want to play on the franchise tag, which I understand completely, not wanting to play on the franchise tag. But you only got two picks. I guess the market dictated and Adams may have forced his hand on, hey, I want to go to the Raiders. Uh, funny enough, and I found the text because I didn't know if I still had it on my phone. And I resent to our group chat we have. I said about a month ago or so, I would like to see Devontae Adams on the Raiders because of him reuniting with his college teammate, Derek Carr. If you don't remember, they played at Fresno State together. Because uh, we saw last year the success we had with Joe Burrow throwing to Jamar Chase. Uh, so that duo combined, you know, they had familiarity with each other. I know Adams and uh, Carr have not played together since 2014, but again, you have a relationship in that um, chemistry that again, you won't take that long to rebuild the chemistry with those two guys up. Uh, Christian, were you stunned at all? Cause there was the reports, you know, Adams was not willing to play on the franchise tag, but there wasn't really any trade talks. It seemed at least, so were you taken aback by the trade, or uh, just I'll let you go explain your reaction when you stole the news, and then uh, now, yeah, uh, I hated it. I'm not gonna lie, uh, I absolutely hated it. I had uh, some family over, and it was very hard for me not to uh, curse in front of them because I was, I was visibly upset um, with Devonte getting traded. If this was somehow the trade. If this was a trade, where it'd be Aaron Rodgers for Derek Carr and picks, I wouldn't have been as mad, I don't think. Because here's the thing. I, I do love Aaron Rodgers, and I do love Devontae Adams. I, my, obviously, best, you know, receiver, best duo right now in NFL last year. They, they just were. Aaron Rodgers, MVP, um, Devontae Adams, arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. You know, obviously Cooper Cup, who had a phenomenal year, obviously he should be in that argument for best wide receiver. Devontae, you can't just say, oh yeah, Devontae is definitely not number one. He is arguably number one. It was and Aaron Rodgers, arguably the best quarterback. So they were one of the best duos, and Aaron just threw to Devontae. He rarely threw it to anybody else. He threw it to Devontae Adams because Devontae is that bag I'm good. What really upset me more than anything about this trade 
was the fact that we only got picks for this year. That's it. Didn't get anything else. Hey, can we trade you just picks for this season? Nothing else. For a guy that's really going to change, you know, our team. And even though this looks like the worst team in the division, it still looks like a very damn good team with Derek Carr and um, Devontae Adams. And arguably, he's the best wide receiver in that division still over Tyreek Hill, over uh, Mike Williams, over, you know, Jerry. Well, they're all young in Denver, Jerry Judy. Um, so it, it definitely does suck. It stung. Um, I don't know what we're going to do, to be 100% honest. I don't know what we're going to do. And you all sent a text like, oh, who are, you know, who's uh, Green Bay going to draft? And I text in big letters, uh, possibly Desmond Ritter. Like, we're going to overtrade for a quarterback and for, like, you know, the kicker out of Texas, thicker the kicker. Um, we're going to just draft people that we don't need. We need receivers. We need defensive line. What are we not going to do? We're not going to draft wide receiver. We're not going to draft defensive line. We'll draft secondary. We'll draft the linebackers, finally. We'll draft offensive line. We'll draft a running back. We'll draft a quarterback. Like, we'll draft anything besides a wide receiver and defensive tackle because that's just been how it's been. When we, well, A position we don't need, we draft. That's just Green Bay right now. So we got a little bit of an earlier pick. So – could we go after a receiver like Drake London out of USC? Could we go after Jamerson Williams out of Alabama, even though he's uh, he's coming off an ACL? Could we go after Chris Olave? Could we go after uh, Traylon Burks out of Arkansas? Could we get Jaheen Dotson, who's a better slot guy than anything? Like, could we get a lot of these wide receivers? Absolutely. Could we go after Jordan Davis? Could we go after any defensive pass rusher? It'd be awesome, but we're just not – that's just not in our cards because we never draft needs. Like, our fourth, fifth need, that's what we draft first round, and we get our actual needs in, you know, day three. But, you know, I hate it because Devontae was so daggone good. I'd much rather have Derek Carr in Devontae Adams in Green Bay than just Aaron Rodgers and just whatever we had. Because we don't have really much of a receiving core. We couldn't re-sign anybody in our receiving core. So that stunk probably the most. So it, it's like, oh, I would want uh, Derek Carr. Like, I still love Aaron Rodgers. I still think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. It, it's just – it's sour at Devontae Adams. is no longer a Green Bay Packer. Yeah, and also that pick is 22 in the draft. New England picks 21, so draft night's going to be fun, Christian. We're sitting next to each other, and the Patriots take the guy that you really want to fall to Green Bay. Oh, yeah. That, that, oh, 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 God. I just realized that. That's going to be annoying. Oh, And don't worry. I'm going to use uh, the the catchphrase of Dalton Bishop uh, in draft night, possibly. Dalton, you need to trademark that and put that on a shirt. I think we oh, well. need to trade that mark as out of bounds more. Like, yes, Dalton should be credited for it, but it's a, it's our out of bounds shirt. Oh it's yeah, just, it's just who the blank, who the blank is blank. That's what we need to put. Obviously, yeah. we'll put that word in there, but uh, or probably that letter. 
but obviously that is our trademark shirt. So if we if we ever do have merch for Outer Bounds, please buy that. That would be awesome. That's gonna be something. Uh, Dalton, your thoughts on the Devontae Adams trade? Oh, dude, I don't get it. I don't get it at all because, um. I'm not sure, like, why why the Packers would would do that when they so they sign Aaron Rodgers to an extension, um, but then you can't bring back the guy who's catching all of his balls. Like, I it don't make any sense to me, man. And what was it, reportedly he turned down. Specific money like twenty four million. I think this is Devonte Adams more money to Adams, but Adams just wanted out. Of he Green just Bay. wanted out. Hell yeah! Probably yeah. thinking of uh, Aaron's crap. I think. Uh, I think he wanted to be the highest paid wide receiver. Is what I think. Because D Hop's cap hit is about twenty seven, I think, and um, Devonte Adams' new contracts cap hit is about. T- 2829 I I think it was about the money. That's just what I think. I think he wanted more money. Uh I think he wanted to get paid like the like the best. Um he would have gotten more money if he was staying in Green Bay. I I think he wanted I think well also it's not cold either. I feel like the weather might have had a factor. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers, that might have also been a factor. Plenty of factors here. Um, maybe Devontae Adams saw the trajectory. Maybe he thought he might get really gonna have a chance, but then you know he goes to an even stacked division, more stacked division actually. Um, oh, it's me. It's just, I mean, he better. The Raiders better hope that Devontae Adams still has some stuff in the tank. That's all I'm saying. Oh no, like we've seen. I feel like, I mean I feel like we've seen stuff in the past where like wide receivers leaves goes to another team and just isn't the same, and so you know, um, maybe should we should we see a breakout year? Should we see should we see Devontae Adams the same as he was in Green Bay? But he was getting fed all those balls though, like he was the only one getting the targets. Um. Oakland has good players on the offense. They have good wide receivers. I mean, they got Darren Waller, who's one of the best tight ends in the league. So is Devontae Adams going to be okay with maybe not getting as many targets a game? Uh, you know, they they got they got Hunter Renfro, who's one of the best slot receivers in the NFL. Uh, let's not get it. Let's not get it twisted. Uh, Raiders have pretty good players. Um, that not including Devontae Adams. And Josh Jacobs in the backfield. I'm sure Josh McDaniels is just going to try to run the ball a little bit. Is, he, is you know, is Devontae going to be okay? And so, I mean, I think it's going to work. But I think what Christian said, too, about not getting picks, more picks, like for future years, I would have to agree there. But, like, if you're Green Bay, you got to you have to up it a little bit more. You have to get want more. I mean, you're getting rid of your number one wide receiver, for goodness sake. Like, you have to... If you ask for more capital, negotiate for more capital, I feel like that's a that's a fault on the GM for not being able to 
to get more capital there. Um, now you're down a one a number one, and you only got picks for this year. Now what are you gonna do for your future? I thought Christian, you brought up a very good point about that for sure. Yeah, it, it's just gonna be like I, I obviously Green Bay needs to do a number has to draft a wide receiver with either the Raiders pick or our original pick. So it's going to be real tough because we don't have a lot of guys that have really been a found, like big foundation uh, with Aaron Rodgers and really have that chemistry besides Robert Tunyon, who we re-signed uh, just like a day or two ago. So receiving core-wise, it's going to be very young, very raw, because we haven't seen these guys. So it'll be very interesting to see if Aaron Rodgers can put up the same numbers that he did from last year, he had his number one guy who was definitely a number one. So who are we gonna are we gonna see Amari Rogers? You know, we gonna draft somebody like Olave or Dotson or others that are mentioned. So it's gonna be very interesting receiving core wise what happens in the draft next month. Yeah, another thing is McDaniels hasn't really had a receiver of this caliber since the 07 Patriots that had Randy Moss on it. Uh, you, you know, you had Brandon Cooks for a year. Cooks, you know, that deep threat down the, the uh, sidelines. But Adams is arguably the best receiver that uh, McDaniels has had the chance to coach in quite some time. So I, I expect some numbers. Like, Adams has put up numbers the last few years. I mean, Cup last year was fantastic. But uh, Cup and Adams, those two are always at the top of the statistics for receivers. So I'm excited to see how the offense – um, goes out. Raiders have made some great moves that year that we might uh, mention a little bit later on. Anyway, on to another trade. One that we all saw coming once, like I said, we talked two episodes ago, Watson was not charged criminally for sexual misconduct or anything, so teams were more than willing to uh, make a trade. It was by far the weirdest I've seen it, because the guy's under contract with a team Yet he's going on like free agent style meetings. He has a no trade clause, so he dictates the market of where, hey, I'm only waving it to go to this team. And well, the team's willing to fork over some assets. It was weird because at one point, the Browns were reportedly out of the conversation. It was going to be between Atlanta and Carolina, um, or Atlanta and New Orleans. Carolina was another yeah. team that was rumored to be in there. Um, then it seemed like, oh, it was all but certain Atlanta was going to be in the market. Matt Ryan's likely getting traded, if that's the case. Then Deshaun Watson decides to go to Cleveland. I'm literally, I'm driving home from work, and I'm at a stop stoplight. I look at my phone, and I see a bunch of notifications, and it's Watson Browns are mentioning the same tweet. I'm like, that's a little weird. And then I looked at I'm like, oh, he's going to the Cleveland Browns. Interesting. Baker Mayfield's still under contract and on the roster. For the Cleveland Browns, he there's not much of a market, but he's likely to be traded. Um, but yeah, Watson, by far one of the weirdest things, is he gets to go on a free agent-like tour, dictates the market, and will likely be suspended. We talked, I think, I think we talked a bit last time. Big Ben, there's president, even though he wasn't charged and wasn't found, like there was no crime commit that they found Big Ben committed. He still served a suspension for. Um, sexual misconduct allegations against him. There should be, I'm not going to say, okay, should be, maybe not the right word to use there, 
there probably will be some sort of suspension for Watson. Who knows how long that is? But anyway, Houston received a lot. They received three first-round picks, a fourth-round pick, a third-round pick, and another fourth-round pick. Cleveland gets Deshaun Watson in a sixth-round pick. Um, again, the Texans have been decimated with picks. So they, you know, they trade two first for Larry Tunsil. The team sucked. The Dol- um, Dolphins get a top-five pick in um, that year. So they need to recoup all the picks they could get. And the thing about Watson is he's, he didn't play last year. He's literally grifting two franchises. He set out last year, still got paid. Then he, because he sat out last year, he gets traded away to Cleveland and gets an extension, which hadn't even been set to hit yet until this year. So he's now making more money. Uh, I guess Cleveland Eagle had to do that in order to get back in the market. It, it was okay, such a bizarre saga. And again, I wish the guy best of luck. Like, it seems like he's not going to be going to jail. Um, civil suits, we'll see what happens. Um, but gosh, that division is tough. And he is, he, he's going to get scrutinized, uh, rightly or wrongly. That's what's going to happen. As a football player, the Browns are getting a great quarterback to uh, quarterback their franchise, hopefully for the next decade. Cleveland, again, Baker led him to a playoff and a playoff victory. And Deshaun's going to look to build on that to get Cleveland back in the playoffs again and possibly make a Super Bowl run. Dawn, we'll go to you next. I know that was a bit long-winded for me. But your thoughts on the you know the Texans getting Deshaun Watson, your reaction, you saw it originally, your thoughts now on it. However you feel like you want to address that, the floor is yours. Uh, for the whole thing? Yeah, the whatever, trade and whatever. Yeah, whatever your thoughts on Watson uh, going to the Browns is. Or the Texans overhaul that they just got back. Uh, the Texans, I feel like they they got, I feel like they got enough. Um, uh, like they got a lot for what they had to deal with. Um, Cleveland, it seems like, you know, they go from one quarterback controversy to another quarterback controversy, uh, with the quarterback itself. Uh, with Baker, you had that stuff coming out of college. With this, it's like the civil suits. Um, I thought, you know, Watson's attorneys um, on the legal side of it and Watson's, and Watson's agent did a terrific job handling the whole situation. Um, I mean, there's a reason that Watson's agent uh, – David Mulligetta is the best in the business. Um, I thought that deal fully guaranteed money, two hundred thirty million. I think that was, that was that was clutch. That was clutch of them. Um, because when you look at it, I think that you know Cleveland was out of it for a little bit there. I thought that he was going to go to Atlanta, and then. You know, it's like, well, can you really make us an offer? Well, yeah, we can go ahead and do this, or we're going to go somewhere else. And you know Baker already won it out, so now Cleveland's backstrap against the wall. They don't have a quarterback, so what are they going to do now? They can either choose to go with somebody now who's not very good, or you can try to go get Deshaun Watson. And now, you know, the leverage is all on Watson. Well, I want this, 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 and this. Okay, you can have this, 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 and this. Because we're willing to pay you this, 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 and this. So I thought I thought it was pretty good uh, on both sides. Uh, now we'll see what happens with the civil suits. 
I would have to assume he'll probably get suspended for a few games, probably. Um, and then he'll be back to playing. And then Cleveland will be fighting for a playoff spot and yeah, what have you. They already have a good roster. You mentioned earlier the Mari Cooper trade, whatever. Just Nick Chubb in your backfield. I mean, can you ask for it any better? I think Cleveland has a really, really good roster, and I think adding Deshaun Watson puts them maybe over the top in the division, um, being able to uh, compete compete with the best teams in the AFC. All right. Christian, your thoughts on Deshaun Watson getting traded to the Cleveland Browns? Um, It's big, you know. Talking like the AFC, uh, AFC's loaded now. I mean, obviously Houston and Cleveland both in the AFC, but it just really feels like the AFC West and the AFC North are 1A, 1B of the best divisions in football. They just are. You have every, you can make a case for every single team in those divisions to possibly win the division, even Pittsburgh. Like, Pittsburgh had – the best defensive player last year, or especially one of them, Dalton. You know, don't don't kill me I saying mean, Aaron Donald. The year was PJ Watt for what it's worth. It was like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go off. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying like I'm, like Aaron Donald is one of the greatest football talents I've ever seen play defensive tackle, but like like TJ Watt just went off, and you got you know one of the best defensive players in the league. As a whole, that defense really carried them because their offense and quarterback position was just in shambles with Big Ben. Now they got, you know, now they actually got a quarterback if we talk about him. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. So Pittsburgh can win. Cleveland can win with Deshaun Watson uh, and Marty Cooper and whatever they do for the rest of free agency. Cincinnati, obviously, they re out of the offensive line, you know, they're going to get probably better defensive pass rushers with Trey Hendrickson. And Cincinnati couldn't make another run for it. Baltimore, to get a healthy Lamar Jackson back, you know, Baltimore, they're making some interesting moves. But, you know, can they be back into, you know, a playoff contender and possibly win a Super Bowl and get Lamar Jackson uh, the long-term deal that he needs? Same thing with the AFC West with Kansas City. We know about Mahomes. Denver now with Russell Wilson. Um, you know, the Chargers with Justin Herbert and a whole bunch of other players like Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and Derwin James in the secondary. Raiders with Derek Carr, with um, Devontae Adams, with Hunter Renfro, Josh Jacobs. They have a tremendous offensive line with Max Crosby, who just got a big deal. So they – this. These eight teams are going to be very interesting to see. And, like, the worst team would probably win every division in the NFC, honestly. So, back to Deshaun Watson. First contract that I really see that's fully guaranteed. Like, NBA, it's fully guaranteed in the NBA, but the NFL, it's not much. It's mostly guaranteed. It's three-fourths guaranteed. It's not all guaranteed. Cleveland wanted a change at quarterback, and they got it. Deshaun Watson did not want to go to Cleveland on just a normal deal. Hey, let's go to New Orleans. Hey, let's go to Atlanta. Let's go to some good cities and where 
I can actually compete. Like I'm, I'm probably going to be the best. Uh, I'm going to be on the best team probably in that division. You know, if Tom Brady didn't come back, you know, come out of retirement. Now he's like fully guaranteed contract, even though I'm probably going to get suspended several games. Okay. I'll take that. So it's going to be awesome to see what happens uh, with Sean Watson. It's, it's a high ceiling. It is a high ceiling, high expectations. They don't want you to just to win seven, eight games like it was in Houston. No, they want to see you win a division. They want to see you win some playoff games. They won the division and playoff games with a daggum Baker Mayfield. Like, they won game with a smaller quarterback than Drew Brees. So, and everybody's like, well, Baker's kind of an iffy quarterback. But he got to a Super Bowl. They got, you know, got to the playoffs and they won one game. You, you have Deshaun Watson, who's arguably top 10 quarterback, you know, without all of this stuff off the field issues going on. He's a top 10 quarterback. You, you don't think there's expectations to win the big one? There are. At least be in it. Like, that's just AFC Championship. You better be in the damn Super Bowl. And if you're not in the Super Bowl, AFC Championship better be a shootout. You better lose like 42-35. That's, that's the thing. Or 49-42, something like that. So, you know, high expectations for Deshaun. It's awesome that he got his deal. Um, and just want to say this and kind of clear the air here. You can you can tell what the NFL prioritizes by what I'm saying. An NFL wide receiver, Calvin Ridley, suspended for a whole season, betting on several games. Not like he wasn't with the team, wasn't with the team, didn't practice, didn't play, didn't travel. He bet on his own team. I'm not saying that's good. But he's suspended for a whole entire season. Deshaun Watson has 20-plus allegations on him for sexual harassment. Possibly six games. So you got a whole 17 for betting, six for sexual allegations. You can tell what the NFL cares about. like Because that that's just wild. So I better see something similar with Deshaun Watson, not saying he, like, I want Cleveland to be a shell of itself, but, like, daggum. Like, that's yeah. going to be It's awesome. also weird that he he went a whole, like I said, he went a whole year without playing, and he'll go, it's likely he'll go longer. It could be a year and a half without playing meaningful football and taking a snap on the football field or at practice for this guy, and he's worth $230 million? Like, my goodness. I mean, when, and, and, the, and I'm not, like, saying, like, oh, it's bad, but, like, when he's on the field and he plays at his best, he is worth $230 million. Like, absolutely worth it. But, like you said, you know, he hasn't played good football in over a year. Well, yeah, he hasn't played football, period. It's just, it's just, gonna, it's just wild that it's the case right now. Yeah. On to another quarterback situation. This one not marred by controversy. Um, Matt Ryan, you know, long-standing quarterback for the Atlanta Falcons, former NFL MVP, has been traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Colts have struggled for a while to get their quarterback play. Ever since Luck retired, you know, they tried Brissett for a bit. They had the one year with Phillip Rivers, which is weird, but they made the playoffs, so it wasn't like it wasn't like a bad thing. It actually, I think, worked out for them. 
They tried the Carson Wentz trade. That backfired into oblivion late in the year. Um, they gave it way too much in hindsight. This one, they just gave up a third-round pick. Again, Matt Ryan's 37 years old. That's kind of the value you probably expect to get. Um, it sucks that, you know, Ryan was the franchise guy for the Falcons, and this is all you get. Well, I mean, you can got a third-round comp pick for Tom Brady, to be fair to him. So, again, you're a little bit better than a compensatory pick that you would have got if you lost him in a free agency frenzy. Um I'm excited for the Colts with Matt Ryan. I think that division's very winnable. Uh, Tennessee, yeah, they still got, you know, Derrick Henry's going to be back. Ryan Tannehill, you expect to be back. They did cut Julio Jones. Um, they have A.J. Brown at receiver. But could that team take a step back? Not out of the not out of the question. Again, way too early to judge how a team will perform this stage of the game. But Matt Ryan getting a change of scenery. Going to Indianapolis. Another dome team, so he won't have to worry about the elements that much. I, I think this will work out for Indianapolis. That's because again, we saw like Wentz had seven interceptions, but they were all bad interceptions. At least five of them were. So, and Matt Ryan's, you know, he's literally in passing yards partly because he has to. There's more talent on the Colts' offense than there was in Atlanta. It's a shame that his time had to come to an end there. But I am definitely, and I've never been a Colts fan per se, but I am excited to see how this trade works out. Uh, let's go Christian next here. Your thoughts on the Falcons making the trade for Matt Ryan? You mean the Colts? The Colts, yeah, excuse me. Thank you. Uh, no problem. Um, so, by the way, just a little quick, uh, little funny little joke. So, the Atlanta Falcons had a longer tribute video to Drew Brees than he did Matt Ryan. 117 for Drew, 51 seconds for Matt. Just just saying like, oh, we don't care. Um, we care we care about the guy who was beating our butt for most of his career in New Orleans and the guy who actually played for us. I'm and sure when Ryan retires they'll get a longer tribute video. Oh, definitely, but at the exact same time, like, really? <laughs> um but for the Colts it's big and it's really interesting. Um three years, three different quarterbacks. Um, and actually they've had, I think it was since 2014 or 15, they uh, had a different quarterback every week one due to injuries and due to uh, retirements and stuff like that. Whereas like Andrew, Brett Ripon, uh, Andrew again, Jacoby, Phillip, Carson, now Matt. It, it's going to be really interesting. I thought Baker Mayfield, a lot of people were saying Baker to Indy. How uh, kind of happened? That would have been interesting. Uh, I don't like Matt over Baker. It's easy, but the Colts are going after these older quarterbacks in their prom. And you know, I was kind of thinking to myself one day, I'm like, what if the Colts just go with whoever they want to be as a backup? Like they kind of just let this year go. Um, because I believe next se- next season the quarterback class is much better than this one right now, you know with Chase um, with Chase Bryce Young and um, uh, gosh the Ohio State's quarterback. Uh, I don't remember. I don't. I forget his name. Uh, but they have a lot of you know good quarterback options for next year uh, with the Heisman quarterback you know coming in to probably to the draft for the next season it would definitely be better for the Colts drafting young 
instead of getting a guy who's probably past his prime and everything. So for Matty Ice, it's big. Uh, it's awesome that he's, you know, Matty Ice is going to be on an actual blue team. So, you know, in the AFC, it, like Spencer said, it's a winnable division. Uh, Tennessee is probably a better overall team, but like they don't have a quarterback. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what happens to Ryan. Like if he is the quarterback, then that's fine. But you got competition now in Indianapolis without Carson Wentz, you know, mm-hmm. making stupid, just stupid interception plays that cost the team, that cost the game both times against the Titans. So Matty Ice is a better quarterback than Carson, in my opinion. Um, maybe both in their primes, maybe Phillip is a little bit better. Uh, but Matt Ryan, he still has several years on him instead of Phillip, who was on his last leg. Um, Indianapolis could make some noise. So I would definitely love to see that. They were 94% predicted to be in the playoffs and they missed it. They're going to, they're going to have that on a wall somewhere. I guarantee they have it on a wall and it's like 94%. 94 back close, but then Carson Wentz ruined everything. Carson went, but it's not like, oh, you know, no one else is to blame here. Like, everybody, it's not just one person. Everybody, like, because they all played bad in the last two games, especially in Jacksonville. It wasn't just Carson Wentz. Everybody played bad. Drops, missed tackles, everybody. So, 94%, and they still missed the playoffs. So, you know, you gotta you gotta finish this year. So I think Indianapolis is probably going to be a real hot team early, and possibly even you know, little middle of the year, probably just kind of okay, and then they're going to be better in the end. And they're possibly going to make some noise in a stacked, stacked AFC. I mean, I'd like to see Matt Ryan back in the playoffs because I mean that again. I mean, yes, I'll, people will make fun of that twenty to three loss to the Patriots. But his MVP year was, I mean, it was a great year for him as a quarterback. But he hasn't been back to the playoffs since 2017. They went one and one that year. So I, I really want to see Matt Ryan back in the playoffs because he needs some redemption arc. And it would be a little poetic if he went to play the Patriots in the playoffs sometime. But who knows if New going to make the playoffs anyway. Uh, Dolan, your thoughts on the Matt Ryan trade? Ooh, um... Cool, man. It's cool. It's whatever. Uh, I don't really have to worry about Matt Ryan in the NFC anymore. So uh, I'm cool with it. Uh, Colts got a quarterback. Another old quarterback. Old in quotations. Um, yeah, you can't really say old because a lot of guys have been playing in their late 30s. And- I mean, Tom Brady exactly. still playing and he's, old. he's like almost 10 years older than Exactly. Matt Ryan. So- exactly. Yeah, um, but uh, Falcons obviously in a rebuilding mode, if you will. I feel like both sides needed to needed to figure stuff out, and I feel like they did. Um, and uh, Colts really back into back right into the thick of things. AFC South, not a bad division. Excuse me, not a good division. Um, very, very winnable, I think. Uh, and, um, they're looking, looking to actually go to the playoffs this year. All right. 
Next on to uh, free agency. Now, there was a lot of free agency. It would be a long-ass episode if we just sat here and, you know, evaluate. Even if we just did the top free agents, like each position or so. Because who? how do you define, you know, top, you know, subjective? So we could go forever. So we're going to do similar to how we, if you are a long-time listener, you listen during NFL season, you know that we had, you know, fav- we start with our favorite team. Then we go to, like, you know, best this, you know, up, down. Like, you know, we did overrated, underrated players and teams during the regular season. So we're going to go around, start with our favorite team, what movies they made this strange to see, who they've signed, who they've lost, uh, etc. We can even go with the trades that we may or may not have mentioned just previously. Uh, then we'll go favorite signing that some team, other than our favorite team, has made. Least favorite signing, again, not including our favorite team. And then one that's kind of a head scratch. Like, it's not necessarily like, Good or bad, it's just kind of like, what the hell was that? So I'll start favorite team. New England, they, they mostly brought back their former, their uh, current free agents. That being said, they did let CJ Jack, or JC Jackson, excuse me, walk away. He signed with the Chargers. Money, it seemed like they guaranteed a lot more money, especially early on for JC. Again, I don't blame him. Chase the bag. You're young. You started as an undrafted free agent. So you were already making less money to start your career. So again, I don't fault him at all. I wish we came, could bring him back. I was a little upset when it happened. But, you know, Brandon Staley's defense, that is loaded there. Uh, as for looks at Devin McCourty's back. Trent Brown is back. They brought back kicker Nick Folk. Um, Jawan Bentley, who was a younger linebacker, they brought him back. Brian Hoyer is a, just a backup quarterback. You know, he knows the offense, especially, you know, with McDaniels leaving. Um, you need someone to help train um, Mac Jones and hell, even maybe Jared Stidham. Slater being back was my favorite by far because Slater is a career Patriot. It would have just been sucked to see him go somewhere else. James White, another guy that I kind of thought was going to leave last offseason, but he's back. And then outside free agents, they've signed. Um, there was Terrence Mitchell, who played with, for the Browns in Texas throughout his career. And Ty Montgomery used to play for the Packers. Um, he said he's you know, I got a hybrid, you know, quarter Patterson type where he's running back and receiver. Um, I, I'm excited to see what he can do. Last year he was with New Orleans. You know, he spent one year with the Jets, spent half a season with the, the Ravens at one point. So, I get Is he going to be very productive? Maybe, maybe not, but, you know, having that extra body in camp um, and, you know, versatility is what's going to possibly give Ty Montgomery a spot on this team. So I'm excited for this. Um, yeah, not, yeah, not, no, like, home run splash signs that they did last offseason because last year they had a lot more money to, you know, get the Hunter, Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, uh, Matthew Judon, which was fantastic, in my opinion, signing. Um, that's the Patriots offseason. It's not, uh, you know, they can't wait for the second we have afraid to see to go pounce. They, you know, they, they respect their guys, you know, give them some good money to uh, keep their in-house reagents that they can afford. Let's go Dalton next. What have Dalton, what has the defending champion Los Angeles Rams, what have they been up to this free agency cycle? Uh, some guys are gone. Some guys are back. Uh, Vaughn Miller signed with the Bills. He's no longer with us. Darius Williams cornerback signed with the Jaguars. Uh, OBJ, Sony Mitchell, or TBD right now. Sebastian Joseph Day, 
not even leaving the state uh, or or the city, mind you, signing with the Chargers. Um, we got Brian Allen back. Um, got him back on a on a on a, th- on a three year extension, contract worth eight million per year, totaling four tw- uh, twenty four million across three seasons. Um, they got uh, um the guard. The guard Austin Corbett signing with the Panthers, another former Ram going to the Panthers in the second straight free agency period. Morgan Fox did it last year. Matt Gay, tendered by the Rams, he's back. Joseph Noboom, who subbed in for Whitworth, who recently retired, is re-signing with the Rams on a three-year $40 million extension. Contract carries a max value of 47.5. He gets $25 million guaranteed. Um... Johnny Munt signing with the Vikings. Kevin O'Connell, obviously, former Rams offensive coordinator, now the head coach. You see the connection. Um, Obo, who's an offensive, who's a linebacker, outside linebacker, signing with the Texans. He's going over to Lovey Smith's defense. Troy Reader wasn't tendered. He's a linebacker. He's going to go elsewhere. Deontay Dion. TBD, Travin Howard, who got the game ceiling interception in the NFC Championship game. He's tendered by the Rams. Brandon Powell, who took a punt return back for a touchdown in the, against the Vikings in Minnesota and was a good kick returner in the second half of the season. Uh, he is re-signing with the Rams as well. Buddy Howell's TBD. Shelton, Shelton, who, who is one of the offensive line guys, he was re-signed as well. They got him on a two-year extension. Uh, obviously, we feel like offensive line was definitely a thing that they needed to extend, and that's what they did. And um, from the outside, they were able to bring in Allen Robinson. I know some people wanted Allen Robinson on their team. I was surprised that they were able to get him, but in spite of him, but you know when that happened, um, Robert Woods got traded away to the Titans for a sixth-round pick. Uh, I hate to see Bobby Trees leave. He was crucial to changing the culture, but uh, he is no longer with us. He's in Tennessee, and I wish him the best of luck because he's got great players around him, and uh, I feel like the Rams wanted to do right by him to make sure that he's on a good team and not a trash team, which probably explains why they only got a six-round pick for him. But um, Allen Robinson is here. He's on a three-year deal. Uh, joining Cooper Cup, um, Cooper Cup, and some other wide receivers, um, being primed and ready to go for the next season. Um, cuts Johnny Hecker had to go. He saves about two million in cap. Um, one of the best punters ever. I mean, this guy is phenomenal. But sometimes you got to do what you got to do. He's in his thirties, and um, after after ten seasons, he's got to go. Uh, he ended up signing with the Panthers, though. Uh, restructured Leonard Floyd restructured twelve million set in uh, savings for for the cap. Um, it runs through the twenty twenty four season. In doing so, they saved about 20, 12 million, which is a considerable amount, I think. Um, and then they extended Matthew Stafford, a uh, four-year extension worth $160 million, including $135 million guaranteed. He's now signed through the 2026 season. I think that's not actually that bad. For someone who just won you a Super Bowl, I think Matthew Stafford's contract is very, very, very friendly for both sides. Um, 
Aaron Rodgers got paid way, 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 way more money than Matthew Stafford did. Paid way, way, way more money than Matthew Stafford did. Um, I feel like that was a good move for both sides to keep it. You get your money, but you don't get too much money, if that makes sense, okay? Because you want to bring in these other players and try to go win another title. Kind of like the Tom Brady thing. What Tom Brady did for decades, man, and and in New England. Spencer knows it more than anybody, I think, uh, between us. He would take less. They would bring in veteran players, and they try to. Here, um, that's pretty much all I have until up until this point. All right, Christian, how about the Packers? What have they been up to this free I know we talked to Aaron Rodgers' extension, so they kind of ran a little bit out of cap space because that all kind of dried up with the Aaron Rodgers' contract extension. But what have your boys been able to do this off season? Um, shockingly, um, a little bit more than what I thought. I thought it would just be like, we can't resign a daggum person in the world. But here's what we've done. So, of course, we extended Aaron Rodgers, you know, 40 years, 200 million, 151 guaranteed. We originally franchise tagged Devontae and then, of course, traded him away. Uh, we extended Preston Smith instead of Zadarius, uh, who signed with the Minnesota Vikings. But we extended Preston Smith for four years, released Billy Turner, which he was a fine player in Buffalo, and he was okay for us. But I feel like we he was really just kind of a guy that had to fill in a spot because Bakhtiari was hurt for majority of the season. So that was big. Uh, we re-signed Devontae, Camp, Devontae Campbell, who just, I don't know, he was a mediocre guy in Atlanta, just freaking popped off and became one of the best uh, linebackers right now. So we extended him for five years, 50 mil. Uh, we tendered down Lazard, so hopefully we can get something or him back. Uh, we signed Pat uh, O'Donnell, the former or longtime Chicago Bears punter. So he knows Green Bay well, so he's going to have a little bit more uh, time in Green Bay and learn how to punt there. Uh, Razul Douglas, who just came out of nowhere, uh, Arizona. Uh, it was October. Yeah, it was October when he came on. Uh, game-winning interception uh, against A.J. Green in the Arizona game on my birthday. On my birthday. Sealed the game. So, he's probably one of my favorite players right now in Green Bay as a cornerback not named Jair Alexander. Uh, we got Tunyon back for another year. And we today we signed Jerron Reed. He was in uh, defensive tackle for a long time with uh, Kansas City and Seattle. So it really helps uh, our defensive line a ton now that, you know, Zadarius is gone and, you know, we'll see what happens with Kenny Clark because I think his contract may be up and people kind of want him out, as in people, I mean, one of our former hosts. Um, so it's awesome to get Jerron uh, Reed. So can't wait to see him in a Green Bay uniform. Always a solid defensive lineman for Seattle and Kansas City. So, God, we got him. Don't know about his contract yet. But it's just a whole bunch of resigning our guys. We can't sign any big free agents. Jerron's probably going to be the biggest free agent we sign, honestly. So, yeah, Green Bay's just mostly been keeping everybody in-house. And they're very conservative with who they bring back and everything. We don't have, like, the flashy free agent signings. But also, we don't have any cap because, um, you know, we paid everybody, um, you know, 
100 billion dollars before COVID hit and then COVID hit and then we have no money. So thank you Aaron Rodgers for destroying our cap. Uh obviously because you are worth 200 million dollars, you take, you know, just take everything cuz we don't have a backup quarterback who can play. If we did, we wouldn't sign, we wouldn't have that. We wouldn't have this problem, but we do. So yeah, that's our free agency so far. All right. Next on to uh Favorite signing? I'll, I got one's a bit of an honorable mention because it's not just one signing. Uh, and again, you guys can feel free to dive more into this if you want to and copy this one. Uh, but the Bengals addressing the O line. You know, they brought in Kappa, Ted Karras. Uh, recently, they signed Lael Collins. They needed O line play desperately, and they have done what they need to. And they've got three really good offensive linemen to put a put up front to protect Joe Burrow. Um, that's going to be huge going forward for his career. You know, he won't be like Andrew Luck where he's just going to be so banged up that he might retire early. But my actual favorite signing, and it kind of does stick with the Bengals in a bit, is former Bengals CJ Uzama, who was one of my favorites. You know, came out of really no, obviously nowhere. But last year was a career year, best time to have a career year. And it also was great because – you know, Titans were getting franchise tagged. The Bengals decided not to. And CJ goes to the New York Jets. Um, I like to do a lot. Three years, $24 million, $8 million a year. Um, average annual value on that. I'm not sure what, like how much incentive laden it is, um, et cetera. But for the Jets to bring in a guy like that, you have a young quarterback in Zach Wilson who can utilize the tight end to his advantage a lot. Um, I'm again, Wilson? What? Zach Wilson? In New York, yeah. The Jets or the Giants? The Jets. Oh, if I just said Giants, I was like, you got your New York's wrong. That's my If point. I said Giants, I apologize. I meant Jets. If I did misspeak, I definitely apologize there. But yeah, the Jets getting CJ Uzama pairing with Zach Wilson. Um, it's gonna be again, we none of us were that high on Zach Wilson a year ago. Uh he hasn't shown too much. I mean, Michael Carter is probably their best traffic so far, for being honest, the running back version. But having CJ in that offense could change the course of the Jets, or he'll be like every other Jets free agent, and just flame out. Christian, what was your favorite signing so far in free agency? Uh, I mean, there's been... I mean, obviously, this free agency has been very wild, very crazy. And, I mean, I'll just hit on a couple that I think are just game-changing. Zadarius Smith going to the Vikings. Uh, This actually just happened today as we were recording this. Um, I love Zadarius. You know, he was a very good player in Baltimore. Loved picking him up in Green Bay. I'm like, oh, finally we're picking up a daggum free agent. Um, Zadarius Smith, I mean, is he a true Packer? Like, he's got to do what he's got to do. Minnesota gave him a nice three-year, $42 million contract, which is about, what, 14 a year? So good money for him for the next couple of years. You know, he is like 29, so he's getting up there in age. So his last remaining prime years in Minnesota, uh, I'm going to hate <laughs> That's going to be awful uh, twice a year dealing with him. So it's going to be quite interesting. And also I would say probably the biggest free agent move uh, of the season, you know, it, it has to be 
probably the um, the move you get to Sean Watson. Obviously, we've discussed that, but that just made everybody kind of aware. I was like, oh, okay, the Cleveland Browns are ready to play. So, and they have a good roster. Like we all have said, like they have a good roster. It's just they never. It's just the quarterback position is just so in like it's so up and down, and we never really know like what Baker is going to pull off. And then I don't know, Dalton, if you were going to talk about this, but I will. Uh, the whole Randy Gregory situation. Um, if people don't knew, if do not know what I'm talking about, uh, let me fill you in. So Randy Gregory was apparently in a deal with the Dallas Cowboys where Randy would resign with them uh, for, you know, five years and whatever contract they have. And then the very last second pulls out of that contract and says, nope, I'm going to go to the Denver Broncos and we're going to try to win the AFC West and possibly move on and not make a bonehead decision like y'all did uh, against San Francisco 49ers. So last second pulls out, goes to Denver and just as they do that, the Dallas Cowboys uh, sent out a tweet of saying, welcome back, Randy Gregory, and has all this stuff, and, like, he's back. And then Denver, of course, posted, yeah, about that. Um, Randy obviously signed with Denver. And a lot of people thought after Randy signed to Denver, Dallas would go after Von Miller, Um who Buffalo signed for six years when he, he's going to be dang on Tom Brady's age uh, when he gets out of that deal. But a lot of people thought that Dallas was going to go after Von Miller and overpay for him. Buffalo did that. And, uh, yeah, those are just big free agent moves um, in the NFL. And, I mean, like I said, I think the biggest move of free agency was definitely Deshaun just because, A, He's definitely a great talent, but also be a lot of controversy uh, around this athlete. So, yeah. Don, what was uh, your favorite signing of free agency so far? Well, I really like the Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson trades. Sorry, Spence. Or well, not trades, but he was, a, he's a, he's a free agent signing. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't – I mixed up my words. Um, yeah, I – I feel like the the Chargers, you know, they know what they they need right now, and um, I really like the fact that they went out and traded for Khalil Mack and uh, boosted their secondary as well. Uh, those are those are my favorites of the 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 the, the signings and trades. That is, um, not even not even just my own team. Like I, I mean, I mean, I think it. Robinson was a shocker. I didn't expect him to do that, but I mean, it wasn't. Now, like, if say like next week, um, the Rams somehow bring in oh, I don't know, Bobby Wagner for example. I mean, that would blow me back a little bit. Um, but uh, two favorites. I mean, JC is one of the best corners in the NFL, and. It's all about star power in the end of, in, in uh California and Los Angeles and so far, you know, people people want to wanna see the star shine. Uh I feel like both teams have done that. All right. 
Now on to again, I hate labeling it as like worst signing or like again, it's maybe more like head scratcher. I like a lot that category a lot more, but least favorite signing for me, uh, really could just boil down to anyone the Jaguars signed because it seems like they overpaid for everybody. But one in particular was Christian Kirk, who Kirk was in Arizona. He's a nice receiver. Um, I like him on my team if he was on the Patriots. But they went off. They went and gave him uh, a contract that averaged up to twenty million a year for a receiver that has yet to have a thousand yard receive, receiving year. Uh, I think the most touches he had was six, if I'm not mistaken. And he also has yet to. Um, I think he has like maybe three or four games with a hundred yards. It's very minimal. Um. Yeah, four years, eighty-four million, so twenty-one million average annual value. Of course, that's like what the total can be. Um, you, you know, factored in incentives and whatnot. But there's a reason they had a clown out last year in their last game. There's a reason Jaguar fans do not like Trent Balky, and I, I I see why. Like that was a ridiculous contract to give to Christian Kirk. Maybe he'll hold, live up to the expectation with that contract. But you give him Amari Cooper money for a guy who's not worth that much money. But again, I like the guy. It's just, but also you're worth whatever someone's going to pay you. Nip. Again, if I'm in Christian's shoes, and not you, Christian, Christian Kirk. Oh, I understand. I mean, <laughs> I mean, hey, if you're in this position to take a four-year, $84 million deal, I take it. Take that deal. <laughs> Come on now. Yeah, you're going to take that deal. Like that's just that common sense there. Um, anyway, our boy Christian here. What was your least favorite signing of free agency so far? I mean, uh, it, there's just a bunch that I'm reading. It's like, I don't know why they would do this or do that. Man, like I said, it's Bucks. It's uh, not Bucks. Bills with getting Von Miller. I mean, I, I understand Von Miller is a tremendous talent. Um, he's one of, He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Um, he, he's a very, very good player, and we all kind of understood, even with the Rams, like, he needed to be good in a four-game stretch, which he was. He was real good in divisional, he was really good, uh, not really good, but he was very, he was pretty good against the 49ers, and he was very good late against the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl. So I'm thinking, okay. Von Miller is going to get signed, probably a little bit, a little bit over. Uh, I would say about, I, I think I would have probably given him three years and about. I, I would give him like the Darius Smith money, maybe a little bit more. Like I think I would just give him around that fourteen mil a year for a couple, you know, for several years, and like you know, we'll get him in his last prime years. I mean, he is, um, you know. 30, where is it? 32 years old. So I'm like, he's not, he's three years older than Zedarius. Get him to about where he's 35. I think that's a solid deal. No, the Buffalo Bills decide, let's go give him a six year, $120 million deal. Okay. Like, he's going to be 38. Is he really going to be in this problem for that daggum long? And I mean, he's worth a lot of money. I'm not saying he's not, but daggum. 20 mil a year for Von Miller, who has seen better days. Like, we knew in his last days in Denver, Mike, 
he's still a good player, but dadgum, he's not the same Von Miller we saw in the Super Bowl 50 with Peyton Manning in, that, in their squad. But, like, dadgum, that's a lot of money. It, it's not the worst deal in the world, but the exact same time, like, six years for a guy who's 32. Like, New England with Tom Brady, even though Tom Brady is great and he's defeated Father Tom, defensive line is, you know, a worse position than QB in terms of getting hit. Like, you're getting hit every single play. Tom Brady's not getting hit every single play. And he's been able to play since, he, you know, in above his 40s. So, that's just the one move I'm like, Buffalo, what are you doing? So, All right. Dalton, your least favorite signing of free agency so far? Um, gosh, I mean, Christian, you stole mine. Thanks a lot, oh, bro. Okay. Um, nah, I'm just playing. Um, I, w- I the the so the Jaguars spent. She mentioned the Jaguars made some questionable signings. I feel yeah. like giving Darius Williams ten million a year was just too much for me. I don't know. I mean, I watched him play personally every single game this past year. I felt like he did not deserve $10 million on a three-year deal. Maybe maybe he got that money because of his uh, 2020, 2020 season when he played extremely well. But, man, last year or this past season, oh, oh gosh, I felt like he was more in that five to nine range. Maybe. Um, but I get it. You know, Jaguars have a need. They they need to pay whoever they have to pay. And just off the surface, um, I feel like uh, there's uh, mm, Jaguars better 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 hope they're getting paid for. That's all I gotta say. All right, on to the next category. Head scratching moves, and again, this is where I like I almost categorized Von Miller into my least favorite signings, but that was more head scratching to me. So I, I moved that to this category and explaining why I like I get you want to you know, stretch a contract out six years, you can hit the uh, put money off on a cap basis. It's probably some cap gymnastics they're trying to do there. And again, you're paying for. Hopefully, like two to three good years of Von Miller. If you're looking at a fourth good year of Von Miller, I'll say this right now. Maybe again, I'll forget I said this probably. So in 2028, no one's going to be fact checking me. I would be surprised if Von Miller is still a bill in six years when this contract is set to end. I, I think he'll get is one of those contracts where he's either getting cut or traded after year four, in my opinion. Again, we'll see how Von Miller plays. Maybe he doesn't, and I'm just thinking out left field here. But that's how I feel. It's, it's such a weird contract. Six years. Again, Von's a hell of an athlete. I'm going to hate seeing him twice a year now. Uh, when, you know, second-year quarterback Mac Jones lines up, you have perennial all-pro, including a former school MVP, Von Miller lining up on the edge or even in linebacking coverage. Uh, it's going to be brutal next year. Not going to lie. Let's go Dalton next. Your head-scratching move of the free agency cycle. Head-scratching. Um, I'm going to have to go with... I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not really sure why 
the Packers did this, but Preston Smith instead of Zadarius, now Christian, you know your team way better than I do. Oh, yeah. But just off of, from an outsider's perspective, I would have thought that you wanted to bring back Zadarius instead of Preston Smith. That was my one head-scratching move, I thought. That's, yeah, that was it. That was my one head-scratching move. All right. Um, Christian, your head scratching move of the free agent cycle. Um, Atlanta getting Marcus Mariota. Like, Marcus Mariota and Mitch Trubisky, I understand, like, they were the best two backups in the league. And I think I think you look at all the backups in the league and be like, oh, which one would you start with? You would say Mitch and Marcus. And Mitch, like, I, I think Mitch gets hated on oh he gets hated on a lot but i think it's not really deserving it's not like mitch was the worst thing of the chicago bears team yes their their defense was amazing in 2018 mitch Trubisky wasn't the worst player in the world like everyone's like oh mitch is okay he wasn't mahomes he wasn't Deshaun watson in the same draft class he wasn't those guys he wasn't a number two guy but are we really going to say that he's the worst quarterback, like, who came out of that class? No. He's not the worst thing in the world. Now, obviously, you want to see more than a year in college ball to see what you got. And you trade up one spot to get him where San Francisco was like, oh, I don't know if we're going to actually do this. So, Mitch, I kind of like that deal with Pittsburgh. He's the best of the backups. Marcus Mariota, like, now he, now they both were drafted at number two, but I would take Mitch Trubisky any day over Marcus Mariota. I just would. Like, Marcus, like, yeah, he was good in Oregon, but, like, how, like, like, Oregon was really good in 2015 when he, uh, 2014, 2015 when he was there, but, like, there was nothing that just popped about him. Right? Like, yeah, he could move. Yeah, he has a decent arm and he's accurate. When he was in Tennessee, oh, my God, he sucked. Like, he was just not a great player. And I I get Atlanta, they got rid of Matt Ryan. They need somebody, right? And they had to get a decent level quarterback. But, like, you're going to pay him a little bit of money to be kind of the placeholder this year and then – next year look to go possibly draft a quarterback. It, it's just kind of like you're going to waste a ton of money for that right now. So it's just a head-scratching move. I understand why, but, like, come on, man. All right. So that's going to conclude our free agency um, wrap-up of the show. Dawn, do you have any uh, racing news this week that you want to share? Uh, Yes, I do. Hold on one second. We we didn't we didn't talk about it last week, so it's gonna be a little bit. Um, yeah. Let me let me let me let me get to the last races. I think I'm gonna go ahead and start with. Uh, let me go ahead and start with Formula One because there was only one race um, last week. Um, okay. So, Formula One, 
Okay, so the first race of the year, the Gulf Air Ball, Bahrain Grand Prix, um, was actually this past weekend. So earlier in the week, one of the racers, Daniel Ricardo, tested negative, tested positive, but then he was able to test negative for COVID, so he was able to participate in the race. Didn't really help him that much. Um, I was thinking, you know, maybe Max Verstappen would come in first because the reigning champ, um, working with Red Bull still, you think that, you know, maybe he's, he'd be able to come out and get on top. He didn't even finish, which was shocking because of his engines. Uh, they, they came out and they weren't working very well. Um, Charles, Charles Leclerc uh, came in first. Um, Lewis Hamilton finished top five. Um, Carlos Saints uh, came in second, and Lewis Hamilton in third. Uh, George Russell uh, in fourth, uh, and then Kevin Magnussen in, in, in fifth. And so Leclerc uh, with with Ferrari actually Ferrari with two racers in the top five. Uh, what a what 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 a uh, change from last year so far, uh, as not Red Bull. Uh, at the very front, or um, Mercedes in the very front, uh, but Ferrari. I thought that was pretty interesting, to say the least. Uh, and to the standings, I think it's pretty pretty evident here. I mean, there's only been one race, guys, so you know, obviously they're they're the the point system. It's going to be you know top ten. That's how many points people have. Uh, Ferrari's leading it with forty four, so off to a good start. The one and two spots really helped them out. And so this week they have to go to um, the next race, 25th through the 27th. They're in Saudi Arabia for this one. Uh, it's going to be on Sunday at 1 o'clock on ESPN. The 27th, Saudi Arabian Grand Prix. We'll see who wins that race. Uh, I feel like I feel like if you're Leclerc, you have the edge. But, it all, they, but also it comes down to qualifying. You know, whoever gets that pole position, that first position, is really going to be in good good chance unless you know something drastically happens uh, to to your to your racing car or whatever. Um, so we'll see how the qualifying goes. We're not really going to give a prediction right now. Uh, I want to see how the qualifying goes and uh, go based off that. Um, moving on to NASCAR. Uh, this past weekend there was an Last week, oh gosh, I don't think we talked about Phoenix. I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh, Chase Briscoe got his first win, Cup Series win. Period. So congrats to Chase Briscoe. Uh, I thought it was. Let's see the previous. Gosh, Kevin Harvick has the record for most wins at Phoenix all time. So it was safe to say that you know maybe he had a shot to come in there and win it. Um. He ties Richard Petty and Dale Sr. for most top 10 finishes at one racetrack with 18. Um, there was engine problems with Kyle Larson uh, with 70 laps to, 75 laps to go, so he did not finish. I went 0-3 on my predictions this week. First time this season, I did not get at least one racer in the top three. Uh, Mark Truex did not finish. 92 laps. Uh, 
excuse me, 92 left to go. He wrecked into a wall, blew a front tire, I guess. Uh, and then Joey Logano came in eighth. So Chase Briscoe, Ross Chastain, and Tyler Reddick, all people who have never won a Cup Series race before, all finished in top three. Chase Briscoe coming out, he said that he was crying the entire lap, the final lap, because he was, he was finally glad that he made it. William Byron actually won the first stage, first stage win of the season, first in Phoenix, ninth in his career. Um, Ryan Blaney led the most laps. He was the stage two winner. Chase Briscoe, obviously the stage three winner. First win, 200th Cup Series winner, period. It was pretty cool. That was a nice stat. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, but the thing about it, Phoenix, I mean, it was kind of interesting. There was tight turns, about 160, 162 feet to pass. Barriers used as a boundary for the racers. It's very hard to pass, announcers said, because the track has tight corners in one mile. There's a chance to pass one driver max uh, unless you go down what's called the dog leg, which feet from the from from like from like the outside wall. So there's like legal legal passing space between that time. So you really gotta um, use use um, some good some good tactics in passing because if you don't, you're either gonna wreck into a wall. Or you're gonna wreck other people, so I felt like that was really, really confusing and um, really hard for some racers. They weren't able to get up to the front, and so um, for Chase Briscoe to come out on top in Phoenix, I felt like that was a huge confidence, a, a huge uh, confidence booster for him and his team. Um, this upcoming weekend, uh, Atlanta. Uh, well, actually, that happened this past week in Atlanta. Uh, I was able to. I wasn't able to do anything with that. I was working on Sunday, so I didn't really get a chance to watch it. Um, but I did see the results. And I got to say, um, let's see, William Byron was able to come in first. Um, he led the most laps with 111. Ross Chastain came in second. Kurt Busch, brother of Kyle Busch, came in third. Daniel Suarez in fourth. Corey LaJoy in fifth. Uh, Chase Elliott in sixth. Other notables, um, Bubba Wallace in 13th, Joey Logano in 9th, Mark Truex in 8th. Um, my guy Kyle Busch didn't even finish the race. Um, Kyle Larson in 30th. So we see we got, you know, some different some different people winning the races uh, this, the, this season so far. Um, I wasn't right at all on those predictions, but... It, that's perfectly okay. Uh, we're going to go ahead and go to the standings real quick. Um, Chase Elliott is leading the Cup Series standings by seven points. Um, he's got 171. Joey Logano's got 164. Chase Briscoe with 156. William Byron with 150. And then um, Kurt Busch with 148. Tied with Ryan Blaney for fifth. Um, Eric Almarola with 144 and seventh. Mark Truex, 142. Alex Bowman with 140. Ross Chastain to round out the top 10 with 137. My guy Kyle Bush at 11 with 136. And I got to say, that's pretty good for not finishing. Oh, I think he's, I think he's had, I think he has been able to finish maybe one or two races this season. And being out just outside the top 10, I thought that was pretty okay. Like uh, Kyle Larson. Uh, right under Kyle Busch. So it's a pretty tight race. Um, Chase Elliott's still in the lead, and um, I think he's looking to um, make a move this weekend. This weekend, guys, they're going to Austin, Texas. 
They're going to Austin, Texas Cup Series at the Circuit of the Americas. Uh, and the defending champion, according to ESPN, wouldn't you know it, it's the leader, Chase Elliott. So we'll see if Chase Elliott can go ahead and extend his lead this weekend. Um, I think. Chase Briscoe off this past weekend's race. Uh, and I'm going to be looking for. Uh, somebody who has not been able to finish top three this season. Don't know who that is. Maybe it's Daniel Suarez. Maybe it's uh, Justin Haley, Brad Keselowski. Um, it could be Ryan Blaney. Who knows? Or the old guy, Greg Biffle, the Biff. Uh, somebody new to finish in the top three. Uh, get okay. Um then Austin, Texas, 3, 3.30 on Fox um, this Sunday, 27th. Um, be there watching the, watching the race or be square. Um, should be a fun one. Uh, hopefully I'll be, be able to get back home and uh, be able to get back home in time uh, to actually watch this week's uh, and give you more information about what happened from the big old state of Texas. Uh, I do not have anything else for you, Spence. That is all. All right, Chris, anything else you want to say? Uh, nothing much, though. I mean, yeah, the NFL free agency is going to be big. And then I know I haven't been talking about the combine lately. I know that's my thing. Uh, schedule has been very, very busy. And I've actually had no time at all to watch any of the combine stuff. And even though we'll be like a month out next time we record, um, I may actually kind of can that and then kind of discuss, you know, possible draft needs and mocks kind of of what NFL teams could do this year if no uh, trades happen before draft night. All right. So we're going to take a quick ad break and then uh, Dole and I will come back. We will give our NCAA tournament thoughts and whatnot. We'll predict this. I don't know how we're not going to predict every single matchup, but we'll give, you know, we'll look back at where we were right, where we were wrong, what has changed from our perspective and how we see the tournament going forward. So don't go anywhere. Welcome back from the ad break. Uh, it's just Dahl and I, Christian, due to um, some obligations with the uh, instant way you cannot discuss brackets. And so... It would just be dull night, similar to last week. We'll start with the men's tournament. Our bracket, my bracket's not too horrible um, right now. I did lose one Final Four team. That was the Wisconsin Badgers. I, I overlooked them. I overhyped them in my mind because Giant Davis, even though they were injury riddle, another one of their players was injured and didn't play. Um, that was on me. I was just being stupid there. Was Wisconsin. But my other three Final Four teams are Gonzaga, Purdue, Arizona. They're still in the mix. Um, obviously, the big storyline is St. Peter's. Uh, I remember last week, if you listened, I said, give me Murray State over Kentucky second round. I know people were not expecting that to happen. Um, unfortunately, I mean, for me, I like I said, Kentucky losing second round did not hurt me one bit that they lost early because I was in a lot of bracket challenges. With friends that had Kentucky, not just going farther, but winning the entire thing. St. Pierce, unfortunately, beat St. Murray State, so I did not predict a Sweet 16 for Murray State. They did not do that. 
But St. Peter's, the 15 seed, second straight year, a 15 seed has been in the Sweet 16. If you remember Oral Roberts last year, they were a missed three points, the buzzer away. If they had made that three, they would have won the game and gone to the Elite Eight. That's how it is. Of course, you know, there's Baylor and UNC. Baylor goes down 25. Brittany Mac for UNC fouls out. Baylor storms back. They force overtime at UNC. Too much to handle there. Um, Don, what storylines for uh, so far? I know I've been talking a lot. For you, what storylines stand out to you most this tournament so far? So far, um, storylines. Or you like game, games? Did you uh, take away big Man, game? I'm thinking, no beard, no problem. Um, Texas Tech, how about it, man? They're back in the Sweet 16. Um, Mark Adams got his team playing well. Uh, they're representing the Big 12 well. Um, they faced Duke this week in the Sweet 16, and we'll see how that game goes. I think for Michigan, uh, Juwan Howard's back as the coach. They're able to rally. Games. Now they're back in the Sweet 16. Providence, Ed Cooley, we talked about this last week, Spence. Uh, uh, I would throw on that. I was – Hand up completely wrong on the – and I even said, too, I hate doing this because, yeah, you're always – you can't do this until it happens. I should have looked at the 5-12 matchup that had Iowa because Fran McCaffrey does not advance in the tournament that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year they were a two-seed. They lost to the seven-seed Oregon Ducks in the second round. Uh, I should have looked at that matchup instead of – I overrated pro. I undervalue Providence there. Go back, Dolan. I'm sorry to interrupt you there. It's all good. Um, and he's able to get there and get into the Sweet 16. He plays Kansas this week. And then Iowa State, how can we not talk about them? Two two wins last year. Uh, did not win a single game in conference play. Now they're in the Sweet 16 as in, as in a uh, – as one of the lowest seeds, the second lowest seed, um, as an as an eleven, uh, they beat out Wisconsin, number three seed, um, fifty four to forty nine. Well, I got a stat for you here, Dalton. Mm-hmm. So last year, Oregon State, you know, they were a twelve seed. They made an elite eight run, and Iowa State last year, like we said, we just won two games. Albeit they didn't play the full normal schedule that you would normally be granted. Uh, due to COVID protocols and teams having to back out of games. This year, Oregon State went 3-28. and 23 Falcons fans, I know we mentioned your boy Matt Ryan earlier. They won three games this year, and Iowa State's currently in the Sweet 16. And they got a Miami game that's a toss-up, to, in my opinion. So maybe they make an Elite Eight run similar to Oregon State last year. But the turnaround, like Oregon State going from Swiss Elite Eight to, to three wins... I was to go from two wins last year to Sweet 16, possibly further. That's just it tells you how crazy college sports is and how how awesome March Madness is. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, there's not really too many high seeds in the Sweet 16 bracket so far here, and um, there's only maybe a few uh, less than I expected actually, and. Um, yeah, that's that's the madness about it. Yeah, uh, another thing: TCU Arizona, the last game of the first uh, first weekend, but that was a wild game. I felt like I was on acid watching that game. 
I will. I've, I sent that text to a few people. That's all I'm going to say on the pod. Um, Don, how is your Final Four looking? Oh, it's looking awful. Um, I'm not going to lie here. I had Auburn winning the entire thing. I know everyone who's listening to this pod can laugh at me. I know I had them winning it. It was, it was a tweet I put out there on February 1st. I put it out there, and I said I'm going to stick by it, and I stuck by it, and I lost. So uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's okay. You win some, you lose some. My pick is no longer there. I do not have my champion. Uh, my champion is back in Alabama. Um, I have two out of my four final fours left. Uh, Duke in Arizona. Uh, I had Texas making the final four, but they lost to Purdue last week, which I'm still mad about, but uh, that's okay. I'll get over it eventually. Uh, and then I had Auburn, obviously, making the final four. Uh, upsetting Kansas. That didn't work out because they lost to Miami, who's a 10 seed. So, yeah, my bracket is in shambles right now. <laughs> All what right. Let's leave with ESPN. The one thing I do like is they give you a chance to fill a second chance bracket out, um, which I went ahead and did that. Great. Like I said, my final four, I had three of the four still left, so I, I roll with all of those. Gonzaga is still coming out. Although in my main bracket, I had Duke. Um, I think Texas Tech's impressing me, Mark Adams and company. Um, I think that, like, right now, and is, is it hedging a bit? I think, technically speaking, it is because they're hedging. Um, but Coach K's last game, I think it will be this weekend. I don't think, I mean, it wouldn't shock me again if Duke made the Final Four. But I love Gonzaga. I know they had a very tight first game. And the second game, they were down 10 at halftime. Like, they were investing tight games the first two rounds. Um, and I do like Eric Musselman in Arkansas, but I think Gonzaga is making a Final Four run again. Um, like I said, down west, I would love to see the Peacock or East, excuse me. I'd like to see the Peacocks make some run, but I don't. I think UCLA could get the better of Purdue, but I, I got to stick with Purdue, ride with them. Uh, Midwest, give me Kansas, give me. Uh, Miami advancing there. Give me Kansas in the Final Four. That was a region, like I said, I had Wisconsin originally, but they're no longer with us. Um, so give me Kansas in the Final Four. So I got three one season, the three seed is uh, my Final Four. And the only reason I have a three seed is because of one seed eliminated in that region. So, Don, how's your second chance bracket looking? Um. Well, let's start with Gonzaga and Arkansas. I have Gonzaga winning that game. Texas yeah. Tech and Duke. I have Duke winning that game. North Carolina, UCLA. I think North Carolina's hot as long as, as long as their guard play can be on top of it. I think North Carolina has a great chance of winning this game. I have North Carolina winning. Purdue and St. Peter's. I think we're 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 both we're both in a grand Spence. Purdue's going to win that game. I would love to see St. Peter's win though. Me too. Me too. Um, Zona and Houston. I have Arizona winning that game. Michigan and Villanova. I think Villanova is going to win, even though I said last week I did not trust Villanova as a two seed. But what am I, I left mention, with? That's also what I have. I didn't mention that region. I just kind of glossed over it. But that's also why I have Arizona Villanova. Yes. Um, I think Michigan's time is going to run out this week. And I think if we're picking between Michigan and Villanova, I'm going to pick Villanova not because of their seeding, but because I think Villanova is just a better team than Michigan. Uh, Kansas and Providence. I'm going to have to go with Kansas, the Big 12 champs, Iowa State and Miami. I think I'm going to go with Iowa State. So that sets up a Big 12 matchup starting at the bottom. 
uh, with Kansas and Iowa State. I think Kansas will beat them easily. Zona and Villanova, I think Arizona's going to win. Uh, Purdue and Carolina actually have an upset here. I think that North Carolina is going to continue their hot streak and beat Purdue in advance to the Final Four. And I think Duke will beat Gonzaga, setting up an ACC matchup in the Final Four. Duke and North Carolina, what better way to ride it? Duke beats North Carolina in the Final Four. Coach K's last season beats his rival, advances to the national championship, going to New Orleans. And I think the Kansas upsets Arizona, who many people thought were going to win the national championship this year. Uh, and Kansas moves on and goes, plays in New Orleans against Duke. Wow, Kansas and Duke mean I, I that's I didn't even take that into consideration that we could get Duke and UNC because we've never seen Duke UNC in the tournament. I don't think maybe one time back a long time ago they might have met. Um, I'm a little ticked off we didn't get Villanova Ohio State, and we'll get to a moment later. The women's side we could have had Iowa Iowa State in the Sweet 16, and we didn't get that either because of upsets. Um, but yeah, so you said to me, repeat again. Did you have Kansas or Duke winning it all? I have Kansas winning the national championship this year. And I'm going to stick with what I originally had. I had Gonzaga over Arizona. I'm going to stick with that. Although Arizona has definitely looked vulnerable. I think, you know, to get a weak repair for Houston, which great defensive team. It's going to be a very fun one. I need to do my second chance coin flip. And I will get to that uh, shortly after we're done with this podcast. But that's going to be something fun. Anyway, on to the women's tournament, which my bracket is far um worse i think yeah um i have more points on the women's side so far but my max score is low um due to some upsets which again women's tournament historically there's not many upsets um lsu there had never been a 14 over three upset there wasn't this year but lsu was down in the fourth quarter to Jackson State, which Jackson State, if you know of them, anything about them, their football program is coached by Deion Sanders. Uh, when they had that close game, Jackson State, I pretty much knew Ohio State was going to win. I'm not going to say I knew it necessarily, but if you put me to predict it, I would have said Ohio State. But unfortunately, my bracket had LSU in the Final Four. Same thing with Iowa, which that was a great game. Iowa Creighton, Creighton led by uh, – Lauren uh, Jensen, the Iowa transfer, actually, who hit the clutch three-pointer to give Creighton the win, send them to the Sweet 16. Um, you know, and then who could forget Baylor? Like, Baylor's historically been a great women's basketball program. And you have a South Dakota team who I didn't have them winning a game. I don't know. Did you have South Dakota beating Ole Miss, Dalton? I did not. Uh, I did not yeah. have South Dakota beating Ole Miss. Yeah, I, I either. South Dakota, as a 10 seed, is in the Sweet 16. Only Belmont could have beat Tennessee, so Lowell could have a slightly easier road to um, the Final Four in Minneapolis. But, yeah, I'm out two Final Fours already with Iowa and LSU losing in the second round. Um, but at least my championship matchup with Louisville-UConn is still intact. Uh, but UConn-USCF, that was a closer game than it probably should have been. Low-scoring game. Um, but, Don, how's your women's bracket looking? It's probably a lot better than mine. Uh, it's it's doing okay. It was on fire there for a little bit, and then it cooled off after Iowa got upset by Creighton, which I'm sure everybody's got ridiculously upset. Um, I actually had Arizona beating North Carolina in the Greensboro bracket. Don't know how I even let that one slide. Um, North Carolina advanced. They play South Carolina on 25th. 
Um, obviously Creighton, Iowa State. Uh, was, that's yeah. I don't even want to go there. Uh, Louisville and Tennessee called that one. South Dakota's making a run, man. I had Baylor beating South Dakota as well, and South Dakota just beat the brakes off of them. Um, that should be an interesting one. Michigan and South Dakota on the twenty sixth. Uh, Spokane, I'm perf. Uh, uh, no, I missed on. I missed on LSU. I picked LSU to beat Ohio State. Just like uh, I'm, uh, and um, Ohio State did not get that done, or they did get that done. So Texas is gonna play Iowa State, or Texas is gonna play Ohio State. Jeez, uh, on the twenty fifth, and then in the Bridgeport region, I actually picked Oklahoma to beat Notre Dame, and that was such a whiff. Holy moly, 108 to 64. The fighting 16. Um, well, Kentucky NC got NC State Notre Dame right there. Yeah, that, that that's gonna be a pretty interesting one. Um, I Kentucky for some reason advancing to the Sweet 16. I thought that they could ride Same that, here. Same that, here. That a uh, high that they had from the SEC tournament, and they got beat by Princeton in the first round. So Princeton then gets beat by Indiana. Now it's Indiana and UConn in the Sweet 16. Uh, so far, I have only got – I'm six for eight in the Elite Eight. I still have my all all four of my Final Four teams and all two of my champs. So I um, who your Final Four was. I know Texas was one of them. Texas, NC State, in the Spokane, Bridgeport region, South Carolina, and Louisville in the Greensboro, Wichita region. Gotcha. Okay, that's a good one. I, I South Carolina. I mean, they they lose one game. I, I just thought you know Caitlin Clark, but I was just also got a really good um, player that name escapes me right now. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be a mm-hmm. fun women's tournament. I, I'm hoping for. I mean, just being a Louisville fan myself, Tennessee doesn't scare me, and Michigan they beat by about thirty or so early in the season. So that Louisville. I'm not going to say they should, but Louisville could easily make a um, another Final Four run. UConn, they're playing in their home state, but IU, led by Kentucky native, and a Louisville native actually, Grace Berger, she hit the game winner against Princeton. Gosh, I should not have picked Kentucky. Be wary of those teams that get hot in March. Now, the mid mm-hmm. last year, Oregon State got hot, and they made a deep run in the tournament, but then this year, you know, Virginia Tech got hot. Uh, someone else got hot and they get lose first game, so be wary of those teams because Princeton. I I should have picked that, but oh, well, you learn live and learn. It's all for fun. You play for money. Um, but yeah, I'm sticking with Louisville, UConn. I guess just my final four had two teams get out. I guess give me Stanford coming out of the Spokane reason. Sorry, Dalton. I know you like Texas a lot. All good. Uh, I think it'd be South Carolina, which that would give me three one C's and a two C with UConn. Um, we'll be back again next week. We'll probably say it same format. We'll have the whole show, uh, with Christian. We'll do talk NBA, NHL, not maybe NHL, maybe NBA, MLB, NFL, etc. Uh, Donna will conclude Sweet 16 Elite Eight reactions, Final Four preview. It's gonna be fun. This is one of the best weekends of the tournament. Every weekend really is. Uh, anything else you want to say, Don, before we wrap up? Hook them horns, baby. I know. Yeah. There you have it. It's going to be a fun turn. Gosh, give me Louisville, Texas for the championship. Just give me that right now. That'd be fun. We should go. I booked the plane right now. I booked the Minneapolis, Minnesota. Here we come. But either. Anyway, 
Uh, that's going to do for your show. As always, I'm Spencer Brown. I'm Dalton Bishop. And for Christian Ernst, who was on the show earlier. Thanks again mm-hmm. for listening to another episode of Out of Balance. As always, you know, like, rate, subscribe, whatever it is you do with podcasts, um, you know, share it out. And we'll see you all next week.